Hello and welcome to the Talkie Indonesia podcast. I'm Dave McRae from the University of Melbourne's Asia Institute and today I'll be speaking to Dr. Diana Setiawati, Director of the Centre for Public Mental Health in the Faculty of Psychology at Gajamada University and an alumna of the University of Melbourne where she wrote her PhD. Diana, thanks for joining us. Thank you for inviting me here. Today I'll be speaking to Diana about mental health in Indonesia, a topic that is doubtless of profound importance to the lives of many Indonesians, but one which we don't often hear very much about. I started by asking Diana for a snapshot of mental health issues in Indonesia. Indonesia, uh, uh, as uh, other countries, actually have a very big issues in mental health, but only recently we're really talking about this. I can say uh, the Aceh tsunami in 2004 is kind of a big uh, challenge, like uh, something that really opened up the window opportunity to talking about mental health system in Indonesia. Because we, uh, at that time, we realized that uh, so many mental health problems after the tsunami, then uh, we start build everything and suddenly all of the country talking about mental health system and it is, uh, I, I think it's very good progress in the, uh, the last 10 years. Diana cites Ministry of Health research that shows 6% of Indonesians suffer from common mental health problems like anxiety and depression, whereas 1.7 per thousand people suffer severe mental illnesses such as schizophrenia, although she noted these may be underestimates. I asked Diana whether the drivers of mental health problems in Indonesia are the same as in other countries. Uh, we, we do have a problem because we have a big population, right? Uh, mm. More than 250 million. Mm. I think 10 times of uh, Australian population. Yeah. We do have that big, very big population. So we have uh, issues with economic and then we, we do have issues with family burden, family problem. And then uh, we also have uh, issues in, with disaster because we have disaster everywhere because of uh, our geographical, unique geographical location. So yeah. this kind of uh, also political problem that push people to the uh, stress and stress or something like that. So yeah, we, so, uh, so many things that happen in our daily life. And indeed now uh, there are uh, many, many uh, discussion that whether then actually we suffering something similar with other people from other country, like uh, whether we have depression si- similar type with people from other country and we are starting to have kind of uh, cross-cultural research about that but in the clinical presentation we do have a similar problem with what we see in other countries. I asked Diana whether Indonesians who suffer common or severe mental illnesses face social stigma or discrimination as a result. Yeah, of course. There's, uh, uh, the stigma is, uh, was very I think up to now it was very, very high and because uh, of the mental health literacy that we don't really understand uh, why people uh, suffering this and what kind of uh, illness it is like and do, do they, uh, does the mental health similar with cancer or something like that, they don't think like that so 
they they feel that people who are suffering mental health is really really terrible. Are you yeah. able to give examples of the sort of stigma that someone? Would yeah, say? yeah, like uh, if uh, people recover from schizophrenia, they will still the population will still say that that he is uh, crazy mm. and and uh, uh, difficult to to uh, find a job difficult to find a wife things like that now we, we start to to educate people like also we we have a consumer group schizophrenia uh, consumer group uh, and also some other consumer group that uh, try to educate people to reduce stigma but yeah yeah it's very goes very slowly i think I asked Diana whether it was only Indonesians with severe mental illnesses like schizophrenia who face stigma or whether others with common problems like anxiety and depression would face stigma as well. Yeah, like uh, if the doctor referred them to psychologists or psychiatrists, uh, some people doesn't really want to go to the referral uh, because uh, they afraid that people will think that they are crazy. One aspect of the treatment of people with mental illnesses in Indonesia that frequently grabs international attention is shackling, known in Indonesia as pasung, namely tying people up who have psychotic mental health disorders. I asked Diana how widespread that practice is and whether it was something that you would commonly encounter. We realised that it's uh, something, maybe we start discussing this after the tsunami as well. Mm. Yeah. Um, my supervisor Hari Minas, uh, Hari Minas, working work in Aceh at that time, and and uh, discuss discuss with some psychiatrists there, and fa- found the phenomena that some uh, the practice of passing was common there, and then we start to talk discuss about that, and and uh, Indonesia, uh, the Ministry of Health launched the program. Indonesia Bebas Pasung five years ago. That's Indonesia so, uh, free of shackling. Uh, that would be English yeah, Indonesia. Right? Yes, Indonesia free of shackling. Uh, so there is. Uh, so the Ministry of Health uh, commend the the province to to do some similar things to find the case of uh, pasung or shackling and then try to uh, free the the person from Pasung. So uh, since then we uh, realized that so many people did that uh, and I think it's because they don't have any idea uh, what what to do with the uh, family member who who suffering um, mental health problems. So they and and some research according to some research that we did to the Pasung that uh, Indonesian did we we know that we can understand that actually they family do the pasung or suckling is uh, really because they they love the family member they don't want to they don't want to make the person with uh, mental health problem in trouble so they uh, just uh, put it in somewhere uh, in the house and uh, make make it make him or her just stay there forever things like that okay sure and i mean this is people with psychotic mental health disorders who are being shackled or is it people with common uh, mental health with, disorders with, as well? with uh severe with oh, psych- severe, severe yeah. psychotic yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. so uh, they 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 do passing or suckling because they 
they don't have i they don't want uh, the family member to attack anybody else okay. around them at the outset of this podcast diana highlighted the 2004 boxing day tsunami as an important moment in triggering greater awareness about mental health issues in indonesia in a process she says eventually culminated a decade later in the enactment of a new mental health law in 2014 returning now to the tsunami i asked diana what sort of mental healthcare treatment would have been available to people suffering mental health issues in Aceh after the disaster. Uh, at that time then we realized that we don't really have the system yet, the comprehensive system yet. So we do have a mental mental health hospital since 1882 in Bogor, but it's just the the mental health care is really depend on the mental health hospital. So no system in the community no no really good uh, re- referral system yet something like that well actually we have puskesmas or primary healthcare system in indonesia that we have uh, nine more than 9000 primary healthcare all over indonesia so it's actually very strong system so uh, since then since uh, the tsunami then we 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 really concerned that actually we can uh, provide uh, mental health services primary mental health services in the primary healthcare actually was a unique context a tsunami following a three decade long conflict between the indonesian government and free aceh movement insurgents as diana explained this produced distinct and complex mental health issues including post traumatic stress disorders but the experience the aceh response in which Diana was personally involved nevertheless provided the opportunity to reflect on mental health care in Indonesia more broadly after the tsunami then everyone start talking about it and uh, we start with case finding and uh, etc and then uh, we found that uh, so many people come to uh, puskesmas primary health care we call it puskesmas uh, indonesian really really familiar with this term and midwife to provide basic basic healthcare in in the community so uh, we found that people who come to a primary healthcare clinic actually suffering mental health problem but they come with a physical complaint okay. like stomach ache uh, and then a back pain chest pain something like that but actually they have uh, anxiety depression is something like that and it's uh, in line with uh, what we have uh, in the literature that uh, the global the global trend for mental health problem is um, the common mental health problems really really big in the community and they come to GP with a physical complaint then and we found that we 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 have that in Indonesia too even before the Aceh tsunami A pilot project to put psychologists in primary healthcare centers had started in Sleman district where Gadjah Mada University is located. I asked Diana how mental health issues came to the Sleman government's attention prior to the boost in awareness that the tsunami provided. Uh, actually uh, Sleman district has a close collaboration already with Uh, my faculty in the faculty of psychology kajamata university and the ministry of health actually before the even before the tsunami has a target for mental health coverage that should be achieved by each primary healthcare and the district health office uh, responsible for that coverage uh, and then 
they they wondered why uh, in in the real life they see that mental health problem is obvious everywhere, but the primary healthcare can cover that case in the primary healthcare uh, clinic. So then they evaluate the workload of the existing primary healthcare professional like GPs, uh, uh, nurses, midwives, dentists, and they come to conclusion that they need someone, other profession, that health professional that really mental health specialist to take care of this problem. Then they approach uh, Gajah Mada University to put uh, psychologists in primary healthcare. Diana's dissertation research at the University of Melbourne focused on developing a training curriculum for psychologists working in just such a primary healthcare setting, for which she was one of two recipients of the inaugural Australia Awards Hadi Susastro Prize in 2014. I asked Diana why she chose this focus for her research. Yeah, uh, because uh, the uh, local government found that uh, putting psychologists in primary healthcare uh, is very helpful. So uh, we uh, we think that other government will will do the same thing too soon. That's why we need to uh, we need to evaluate what we have done in the primary healthcare, and we found that actually psychological training what what we have in the uh, uh, faculties was not really prepared them to work in kind of uh, community setting or uh, a primary healthcare setting. Uh, they were trained much more to be a specialist or to, to provide uh, services in the tertiary services or secondary services rather than in the primary healthcare setting. So we need to uh, innovate or we need to uh, look back to our curriculum to evaluate whether uh, what, what should we increase to make uh, psychologists capable to do the best services in the primary healthcare setting. I asked Diana what are the primary challenges that a psychologist working in a primary healthcare setting faces. Yeah, uh, because uh, primary healthcare was, uh, take care of um, uh, 3,000 people under the one geographical location, so they have to do massive uh, prevention, uh, promotion, and they have to do outreach, something like that, that uh, which is uh, very, very basic. Uh, uh, services and also because uh, we face patient in every day so many patient every day maybe one GP can handle 80 80 person uh, in a day so we need we need to have a very brief services in primary health care uh, primary health care mental health services so uh, we have to modify uh, what we we have done in the uh, ordinary clinic to be able to uh, to be able to to be delivered in primary healthcare setting. I asked Diana what sort of recommendations she makes in her research for the training of psychologists in this primary healthcare setting. Okay, uh, psychologists uh, need to learn uh, about biological aspect of mental illness and their treatment. Not only the psychosocial aspect, because uh, primary healthcare setting is really uh, medical backgrounds, and so many uh, condition that we uh, face in primary healthcare 
related to any medical condition. So we should train psychologists in in that matter. And the second one is that uh, the nature of primary healthcare system in Indonesia is that one primary healthcare clinic have to take care uh, about 3,000 people under the same geographical location. So psychologists really need to learn about public mental health. And uh, the way we work in primary healthcare is that we do lots of uh, prevention and promotion program rather than one-on-one -on -one, uh, counseling. Uh, so we need to uh, train psychologists to deliver uh, pu public or population program uh, about uh, prevention and promotion program and other than one-on-one uh, -on -one client. We do need psych psychology need to uh, to do the clinical job in primary health care, but prevention and promotion is uh, much more important to prevent or to ensure that the whole population have a good mental health. And the other things that psychologists need to learn is about health psychology. As I mentioned before, so many uh, conditions in primary health care like uh, chronic illness that uh, that, that we face in the daily uh, daily clinic that really uh, comorbid with uh, mental health issues. And the recommendations you make for the training curriculum, uh, are they something that can be used to train the psychologists who are already working in primary healthcare centres? Or are they recommendations for people who will study at university to become psychologists in the, in the future? <laughs> Actually, the recommendation uh, is directed to uh, the current curriculum, the, the university curriculum. Uh, but to be able to influence the curriculum, it needs uh, lots of steps. And we, we do it like we, I, I did the advocacy systematically through our center, Center for Public Mental Health, uh, uh, such as workshop or delivering this issue in the uh, national conference of psychologists, things like that. But uh, we also train our existing psychologists who work in primary health care, this recommendation. Uh, because the psychologists that currently in Sleman and Yogyakarta is uh, working very close with our center, Center for Public Mental Health, so we train them. Uh, what everything in the recommendation. The Sleeman pilot of psychologists in primary health care was followed by another pilot in nearby Jogjakarta. I asked Yana whether it was possible to trace positive impacts on the people who had received treatment or on the overall prevalence of mental health issues in these two areas. Yeah, uh, we, 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 we are still planning the evaluation, impact evaluation, but we can tell that uh, the stigma uh, of the mental health problem, uh, I think, reaches very much in this area. And uh, previously, in the first and second year, just uh, will only receive a referral from doctor or uh, nurses or midwife. But now, uh, people uh, will come to Puskesmas and directly say that I would like to meet psychologists. So it's a very great uh, progress in the community. And 
uh, also psychologist did uh, so many uh, deliver so many uh, promotion and prevention program that make the uh, community aware more about mental health issues at school mental health issues at the community at the family and also uh, we found that uh, doctors nurses midwife uh, other uh, health professional also um, more more uh, do more referral uh, now because they they are mental health literacy increase by year okay. uh, like uh, yeah okay. because so of the interaction yeah besides more people being willing to seek treatment as stigma has decreased and more people being referred to treatment I asked Diana whether there were other indicators of improvements in the community since this pilot project began. Yeah, uh, I think the commitment of uh, government also mm. increased. Yeah, because they found that psychologists uh, is very useful uh, to help. So uh, I think uh, the government also, yeah, the commitment from the government to involving psychologists in the uh, programs also increase and we talk more about the uh, we do uh, the faculty through the center of course the center of public mental health uh, do more research to uh, improve the uh, system in this in Sleman and Yogyakarta and also that we hope it can be uh, copied somewhere else yeah I asked Diana whether someone who had a mental illness and didn't live in Sleman or Yogyakarta would be likely to be able to access treatment. Uh, yeah, the National uh, and the Ministry of Health also uh, train, uh, continuously train GP and, and uh, nurses uh, as, as well. Uh, so they can uh, reach uh, the, the services even though there is no psychologist inside okay. uh, the primary health care. Yeah. Uh, they start to provide that services. An eye-catching reform in Indonesia has been the rollout of the Universal Health Insurance Scheme, BPJS Kesehatan. I asked Diana whether mental health problems are covered under the BPJS Universal Health Insurance Scheme. Yeah, uh, BPGS covers um, many, many, uh, not not all yet, I mean, because we have so many type of uh, mental health problem, but the most prevalence, uh, for the most prevalence mental health problem, the BPGS already covered the, the, the treatment, the good treatment. Okay. in this uh, primary and secondary care yeah and then i think it, the advocacy is still going on to to cover more but i think uh, it's very good start that that people can can afford treatment and also medicine when they suffering mental health problem okay does that mean if you do have a mental health uh, problem in indonesia and there is treatment available locally, which it may not be everywhere, that affordability is not too much of an issue or, or is it still a big issue for, yeah. for people who... Yes, currently it's not really an issue. Like for schizophrenia or a psychotic uh, condition, they can uh, go to ward or mental health hospital for tw 21 days for free. Yeah. Okay, okay. Sure. Yeah. And is, so it's is very that... helpful. Finally, I asked Diana if she could make one recommendation to improve the lives of people with mental health issues in Indonesia, what's the most important thing that could be done? 
the most important thing is I think education to the people, to the families, to the system. I mean, a comprehensive uh, approach to improve the system. Like uh, we we need to prepare the health professional to more to be more aware about the mental health problem. We have to pro uh, we have to prepare the family and also the community to more understand to be more understand about the mental health problem and the treatment. Uh, Diana, there's a lot more that I could ask you about, but um, I think that's all we've got time for today. So thanks very much for for sharing your insights. It's been fascinating. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having us. That was Dr. Diana Satyawati, head of the Centre for Public Mental Health at Gajamata University and an alumna of the University of Melbourne. And you can find all the Talking Indonesia podcasts at the Indonesia at Melbourne blog or subscribe to the series on iTunes or Stitcher. Until next time, this has been the Talking Indonesia podcast.